For America's climate goals, investing in clean energy adds up. But what doesn't add up is an additionality requirement for clean hydrogen. Additionality would put an unnecessary and inequitable burden on domestic clean hydrogen producers and have serious consequences for America. America needs clean hydrogen, but an additionality requirement just doesn't add up. Get the facts at cleanhydrogentoday.org. Paid for by the Fuel Cell and Hydrogen Energy Association. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration, along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here is your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good evening, good morning, and good day to you all, and welcome to another episode of Success Secrets Exposed. As promised, we're going to be continuing the conversation around how and in what way are the best ways to scale your business. So we're going to be continuing the scaling conversation today. So for those that are new to the show, um, I'm a content repurposing whiz for speakers, authors, coaches, and consultants. What that means is I can help them turn their existing content and or their books into two years worth of social media posts, which are designed to help increase their visibility, their credibility, and of course, their profitability. So it's all about turning your existing content into new profits. And today we're gonna to be talking with Anne Hill about scaling without stress and what you must know to be able to do that. And what I love most about Anne is she actually has been there and done it experience, which means she's a great expert to have on your side and a great problem solver because she's been through many things that you're likely going through yourself. So how this all came about was Anne uh, realised the correlation between the health of a business owner and its business. And this is actually utilising her 15 years as a physical therapist. She now helps business owners see the end results by bu building processes uh, to achieve the major goals that they're wanting to achieve. And what business owners find after working with Anne is that they become very efficient. They're able to streamline their business and run their business very, very effectively, which helps to save them time, money, and of course, lots of frustration. And they're also then able to take on those really, really big goals without the never ending overwhelm. And she's able to help them break them down into those achievable, easy to implement steps. So I'm going to suggest you get your notebooks ready because Anne is a wealth of knowledge and she's certainly going to help you make better decisions for your business. So please help me bring to the stage and talk to us about scaling without stress. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. You're very welcome. I'm super excited to be able to share um, some tips and uh, wealth of knowledge. I know we've had a couple of um, very uh, creative and intense conversations <laughs> with each other. So thank you for joining me. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, of course. 
I would love you to um, share a little bit more about your backstory because obviously changing from a physiotherapist to running an age, a virtual support agency is a bit different. But as you said, there's lots of correlations between the two. So share a little bit more with, of your backstory with us. Yeah. So when I, um, you know, graduated from, from high school, went to college, went on for a master's degree with physical therapy. And I, um, really at that point, never even, it never even crossed my mind to be a business owner. Uh, never did I think, oh, I want to start a business and I want to leave therapy and, you know, um, the, all of that sort of stuff just didn't even really, it, it was not ever on my radar. Yeah. And then, um, about 15 years into, my career, I had gone through, unfortunately, what a lot of people go through in the US, especially in the healthcare industry. Um, I'm not sure about other places as much, but definitely in the US, the way the healthcare industry works, it just, it, it wears on us. And um, this was even pre-COVID, so I can only imagine what what it's like now and be, when um, people are in the healthcare industry. But uh, I, I had gone through some changes in the corporation that I was with. They had a lot of like high leadership turnover. And I had just gotten to a point that I was getting burnout. I wasn't liking who I was when I was coming home from work. I wasn't liking the long hours I was putting in. And I, I just was looking for a change. And um, I did what I think a lot of at least working moms do as you know, I did the work from home search on Google and was looking to see what sort of things were out there. And I came across at that time, it was a VA course. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, well, I don't know what the online space has to offer, but let's let's see what it's all about. And I basically was working my full time job while going through this training a little bit and then, you know, sat down with my husband and had a very, very, um, you know, frank conversation of like, OK, this seems cool. It seems like something that could be a, a good opportunity. It seems like I could make something of this. I'm not exactly sure how yet, but I think I could make something of it. Um, what's my exit strategy for leaving my job? Basically, like, how do, how do we do this? <laughs> so, yeah. um, so we, you know, we had a conversation and basically the year of 2019 um, was really the year that I, I made that decision. I was going to be leaving my job, dedicated more of my time when I wasn't working to building a business. And mm -hmm. then when I was working my full-time job, it was like knowing that in the back of my mind, I wasn't going to stay for, yeah. for good. Yeah. So um, during that time, though, I, I realized how much goes into being a business owner, not only for myself, but also for the clients that I was working with. Um, yeah. Prior to that, I didn't really have that understanding of because I didn't need to. You know, I always worked for for a corporate company, so they did all the, the hard labor with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't necessarily understand at that time until starting my business, um, mm -hmm. like just how much goes into the marketing side, how much goes into the sales side how much goes into just that overall even operations side. Mm -hmm. um, and I started to then see that what I was doing, running my department, hiring people, managing our budget, looking at the financials, those sort of things in that operations space were very similar to what people needed even in that business, um, just the small business space. Mm -hmm. And um, so I definitely saw the correlation there and realized that the way my brain works as a therapist is very much of the like diagnostic <laughs> analysis and then see, see what we need to do, what tools need to be there, look at the different options and then, you know, go move forward with, with working towards our goals and breaking down how we're doing it to work towards the goals. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I realized, okay, well, this is the exact same thing that, that we're doing in business too, especially in that operations space. I love doing the analytical stuff. I love yeah. figuring out 
what's going on and figuring out what options are going to be the best for for businesses and business owners to be able to to move forward and meet their goals. Mm. So um, so yeah, I definitely was seeing a lot of similarities, but never would have known when I first entered into the online space that that's what it looked like and that's what I was yeah. going to be doing. So yeah, yeah. and I think um, is, isn't that so true? There's a couple of things. Like, there's so many light bulbs <laughs> in my head at the moment. There's a couple of things. A, I've really got to commend you of actually doing what I would call a sensible transition, where you actually worked your way out of your corporate role into your business. Because in my world, and I'm guilty of this, uh, is I've done the whole leap of faith and then done the whole extra panic and then gone oh my god and I see lots of entrepreneurs do that they just because we're so flighty and um, we just do which obviously why your business is booming because everybody like me needs you because <laughs> we do those things we just do the whole leap of faith yes oh crap where do we go now? what do we do how do we do this and you know, it, it, you, even breaking down and listening to your breakdown, the marketing, the sales, and the operations, and they are the big, obviously the biggest chunks and the key to any business. But when you get out, when you leave a corporate role and you go in on your own, there's actually even more hats because there's the accounting hat and there's all oh, these yeah. all these other little hats yeah. within the, you know those big silos. So you go from. Um, and I see it so often with my clients, they go from a corporate job where they've had their uh, their executive assistants and they've had everything done for them. And then all of a sudden they have to, what do you mean I've got to do? Oh, and that, <laughs> and that, and that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so well done for a, being a sensible transitioner. So well done. Thank you. Oh, that's something I always say to my clients. If you're going to do it, do it the sensible way. Don't do it the Sally scary way because that's just a whole new level of stress. So well done on that. Um, but I love how, um, and from a backstory perspective, I really love that you've been able to see what you were so good at in the diagnostic um, and the determining what the tools were and um, having worked with different health cares for different health scenarios for myself is understanding you know those incremental wins that they can get for me from a body comfort perspective mm -hmm. which is now what you're doing from a mental comfort perspective for your clients is actually moving that forward yeah so as you've been this what I would call this sensible transitioner I dare say most of your clients are not. They more like me, and they come come to you, and they've got all of these problems, the, the, the mountain of problems. So, talk us through some of the common things that you see, because I'm sure there's some very interesting stories. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. First of all, I will say there, even as you classify it as a sensible transition, there still was definitely a point mm. where there there is a leap of faith with it. Um, yeah. Anytime, anytime you're making you know a big shift like that, uh, what I was in a situation where it was basically like, I only had so much time that was available, but I saw the potential of so much more growth that I could have if I could dedicate more time to the business. Mm -hmm. um, so there, but there still definitely was that leap of faith. It just was definitely yeah. a lot smaller than what you're describing with, with what like completely just qu quitting cold turkey and then starting something new. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, for things that I see with clients that I work with, um, I would say the biggest thing is that they have so many ideas and they they want to just go from idea to idea to idea and and they don't necessarily know how they're going to get to the end game with it which is completely fine if somebody's able to come back and look at it and say 
okay, well, how do we get from point A to, to Z? How do we get from point A to B here? Um, they, they're just ready to move on to that next idea. And sometimes they're ready to move on to that next idea when, um, when it's too soon to do it. Like we haven't even tried our first option um, to get through options A, B, and C that we're planning on this quarter or even this year. Um, and they're already mm -hmm. moving on to D, E, and F. So um, that's probably mm -hmm. the biggest thing that I see is there's just, there's, and they're, they're all good ideas. It's not to say that they're not I good ideas. It's just that there's only so much that you can do at one time and focus on to do well at one time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the, the perfect um, snapshot there is, yes, we all have great ideas and we all love bright, shiny things and they all are going to be really good ideas, but it's about the focus and the implementation um, and getting that, that them done because that's where your greatest success comes from. Um, one of my girlfriends says to me, and I, I use the phrase a lot, you know, the money's in the boring. By the time we've got bored with the idea, that's exactly why we need to stick at that idea because that's where the money and the fruition is going to come from. It's not a case of changing to the next thing because you're actually delaying your profitability and your potential to scale and sort of leap up in, um, you know, steps uh, because we do, yeah, we, yeah, we love ideas and the next one's <laughs> That isn't the last one. Um, it, it is very much about focus and implementation. So how have you done that and how do you help your clients do that? It's almost so containment, what, isn't it? Is it? Would you call it containment? Your containment? Well, <laughs> no. I, I don't know if that's how I would phrase it, but um, but I mean, that's the, the sort of idea with it. Yeah. Um, but what, what I really look at is we'll do, especially when I first start with a new client, We'll mm. do a big brain dump of what are all of the ideas that you have and what are all of the things that you're wanting to accomplish with your business and, and what are the goals? What's your vision of where you want this to get to? Um, and we'll do this big brain dump with it. And then I make them prioritize it. And it's okay. not to say that they don't want to do it all. It's not to say that they that the thing that however whatever they prioritize last is is not just as important. It very likely could just be as important but they have to prioritize mm. what is our focus and and then we narrow it down to no more than three that we will focus on for the first three to six months <laughs> so <laughs> so yes <laughs> um but then we'll also take that and we'll we'll look at you know i really classify in similar to what you were saying like the different areas of business the different silos mm. of business you've got your sales side your marketing side your um the finance side you've got the operations mm. that sort of stuff um, but we'll look at each of those silos of business, too, and see what's working here and what's not working. And yeah, when we're diving into the what's working and what's not working, a lot of times the things that should be priorities start to um, come to light a lot more um, yeah. when we're going through that process. And then also when we're seeing the ideas and the vision of where they want to get to and then looking at how they're prioritizing things. Again, it's making sure that there's alignment here is yeah. what you want to get to where we're prioritizing things. Is this going to be a good move right now? Or should there be something else that we really should be focusing on that's going to give us the most momentum to move towards your goals and towards your vision? Yeah, so having the right things around you to support what, what you're actually doing and where you're going versus I'm just going to try and do that on the way. And um, and yeah. that's where, where I see lots of people do that sort of scale and then, oh, my God, I'll come back down again. Scale and come back down again. That usually is some form of a systems issue because something's not robust enough for you to to allow somebody to do what they're needing and wanting to do. So I do say you see lots of that as well. Yeah. And I think that there are times when you do need to, to re 
circle back around to those foundational levels again at each each time you're scaling it may not always be in fact it's not necessarily always a systems issue um yeah. even you know for instance with when you're looking at revenue it's not always necessarily a sales issue either sometimes mm. it's looking at your operational costs and you know those sort of things mm. too and, and what your expenses are versus what you're bringing in um mm. you know there's a lot of layers that go with all areas of business um mm. and where where i'm able to come in and where my team comes in is we are that external person that yes, we are dedicated to your business, but we are not necessarily um, as in it, quote unquote, yes. in it as you are. Um, yes. I know, in, especially even in my own business, there's times when I need that external perspective and I need somebody to come in and look at it with a new fresh set of eyes because it's just, I'm too close to it. And there's no way, there's no way around that when you're a business owner, you're, you're close to what you're building and what you're doing. Yeah, and I think you've nailed it there. That that fresh eyes perspective gives you a whole lot of clarity because you, you with fresh eyes, you can ask the questions around, you know, why are you, you using that app and why are you using that app? Don't they do the same thing because the costs are, costs are there? I find um, lots of entrepreneurs as they're uh, gearing up, and I remember doing this myself, is uh, you become a collect collector of apps or software. <laughs> And domain. Uh, That's the other thing I see entrepreneurs oh, collecting. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and as a result of that, you've, you're solving problems with all of these extra things because they're cool and they're great. And they'll, yeah, they, yeah. They, and, 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 yeah. You've been in my house, haven't you? I can tell. <laughs> um, yes. So that's. Um, yeah that 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 level of fresh eyes and and coming back to that because that was something i've only done recently was coming back to all of those you know all of the expenses as to around all of the tech that you're using and you know do you actually need all the tech or can you get rid of one and you know reducing the expenses and doing all those sorts of things but as a business owner you just keep rolling through you really do need somebody with fresh eyes to come along and actually just ask the poignant questions because it usually is oh yeah i haven't used that app for oh i haven't used that app this year we don't really need that subscription anymore then do we yeah yeah and it's, you know, the interesting thing is sometimes they're very minimal, nom nominal costs, but but it definitely adds up. So, yeah, doing that, you know, tech review, that sort of thing is definitely a, a part that we look at at the beginning side of in stage of working with clients, too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the big thing really when when you're looking to grow and when you're looking to scale and um, is not you know new information it's not something that people probably haven't heard before either but it's making the right moves at the right time in your mm. business and having the right people to, around you to support you doing it yeah very much so so let's talk about the people element so we've um especially from the perspective that you come which i love is that sales and that marketing and that operation because to me they're the sort of the key drivers yes there's other drivers in in and amongst that um and for, in my arena you know the sales and you know, sales and marketing um always it gets interesting because people will go oh i'll just do some marketing which means a facebook post versus you know perhaps ringing a customer or you know so, so that's a bit tongue-in-cheek my audience know i'll go after them about, <laughs> uh, business development activities um but we as often with when you're speakers and those sorts of things you actually struggle to actually push your own wheelbarrow to promote yourself and those sorts of things mm -hmm. um, and generally when you're creative and you're really people focused and service focused you actually don't like operations either so here's you know here's somebody that's got a a, a business and the, the entrepreneurs that you're serving 
And the things that they actually often they're needing to doing are not the things that they actually like doing or that they're necessarily good at. They just want to do the thing that they're really good at. So this is where you come in with having the right people around to support them. So talk us through how you can actually find the right team members and what, what that could look like for people. Yeah, when you are bringing on team members onto your team, when you're at a point in a stage in your business where you're ready for those sort of things, one of the big focuses that I have with clients that I work with, and then also that I definitely recommend for anyone that is is hiring is really, first and foremost, looking in at yourself, looking at your business and looking at yourself and saying, what does my business stand for? What is the vision that I want to get my business to? And what um, is the culture? that I want my business and the team to have. Um, mm. When you really narrow down those things, um, mm. and you may already have it from, you know, from doing the sales and marketing side, the branding, that sort of stuff, you may already have some of those things put together, but reviewing it and saying, okay, is this still in alignment with where my business is at, with the stage of my business and everything? Mm. Um, and making sure that those things are, are nailed down. Because yeah. when you're bringing someone new in, you want to, number one, make sure that they buy into the vision that you have in your business. And number two, you want to make sure that they, your cultural values as a business owner, as a person, are in alignment with that other person that you're bringing on. Even mm -hmm. if it's a contractor, even if it's five hours a month, it doesn't matter. You still want to make sure that you have that same culture um, fit it, with that person and that they fit in your business um, and potentially even have the, the ability and capacity to grow with your business. Yeah, yeah, very, very true. And I think initially when people get really, really excited about, um, you know, bringing their first person on and their first team member, they're just often, uh, uh, A, thank, thankful to have anyone um, <laughs> yeah. them out. Um, and the, ne the, the next version of that is they're actually then looking for a super VA, somebody that can do everything, and, and yeah. including trans brain transplants. Yeah. <laughs> things which I know we've spoken about before. So talk us through um, what, I suppose, what's going on in your business owners' heads uh, when they're, you know, thankful to get anybody on um, and how you sort of almost pause them and go, hey, we just need to go through these check things to make sure we're getting the right fit. Because I think it's there's such there's such value in that. But when you're so excited and, and or desperate to get that first person on, a lot of that extra stuff goes out the window because you just need somebody now because, you you, you know, you're in that speed yeah. space. Yeah. Well, and, and hiring out of desperation, as much as it does happen sometimes, it very rarely is ever a recommendation that I would have. Sometimes there is a need for, there truly is just, you know, you're, there's so much overwhelm, there's so much going on that sometimes there is a need for just a quick fix. Yeah. But that typically is not, at least in my mind, and whenever I have made that potential recommendation to a client, it has been with the intent of only doing about a three-month window with that person yeah, and so. not and having it as a contractor and truly having it as filling a gap, but not having the intention of them staying long-term with you um, yeah. unless they just, you know, miraculously surprise you. But most of the time, that's not the case when it is that quick, desperate hire. Um, yeah. And that's really, unfortunately, where a lot of people have been burned is because yeah. they just need a body there and they figure that that body is good enough, no matter what their skill set is, no matter what you need them to do. And then they just expect them to know and be able to read your mind without actually tell yes. telling them what to do either. So yeah. there's there's a few issues that come up with it when you do a little yeah. bit of that desperate hire. Um, but I would say, like you're like you had mentioned, taking the time 
to number one, do that deep dive yourself, figure yeah. out a little bit more yeah. in your business. And then number two, set that person up for success. Plan in some time in your schedule to actually do some training with them. Set up specific goals that you want that person hitting at 30 days, at night, 60 days, at 90 days in your business and set them up for success so that not only number one, do they know what's expected of them, but number two, they have goals and targets that they're working towards where they're saying, okay, I should be learning X, Y, and Z here. And then I need to take on these three tasks from you in week two. And then I need to take on these six more tasks once I finalize and get comfortable with this. Um, but let them know what what they need to be doing and what your expectation of is of them. And yes. also let them know how to communicate with you, how to reach out to you and um, and map those things out a little bit for them. Um, yes. It's definitely when you have that good experience as the potential um, team member, employee or contractor, but as that team member, um, you're going to remember that you're going to stick around and you're going to give people a lot more of the benefit of the doubt when things don't go right. Um, mm -hmm. When you've had a good experience to start off with, then yeah. if right off the bat, all of a sudden they're throwing 50 things at you, you don't know what's going on in the business and they're not communicating with you. That's never going to be a good situation for a new yeah. team member. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the key things is that, um, and there's a bit of a dichotomy, I think, too, that also occurs when you're needing that somebody is, you know, I need somebody now because I'm not doing what I want to be doing and therefore I need to slow down. So I need to get that person to be able to speed back up. But now we're having a conversation, okay, well, to get the... To, to set the person up for success, we're going to ask you to just slow down a little bit more um, to get to sort of um, set up the focus and help them set themselves up for success and map things, some things out. Can I ask you, because clearly this is very much the way that your brain works and where your genius <laughs> is, to just deep dive into that because I get that on a surface level. But I know um, speaking to my different different uh, clients and um, obviously com comrades and um uh, friends and buddies etc that that all sounds easy until we sit in front of the blank sheet of paper trying to work out um what it is that we would a want them to do but more the you know i need them to do this this and this it's easy to do a to-do list but how do we take that to-do list and actually set them up for success within that to-do list so everybody's moving forward together what's what's your advice through there so there's a few different things that I've done um, and had clients do in the past with the, with this sort of situation. Uh, the first thing is, is definitely take advantage of the technology that we have. We have a, a wonderful capability of recording things, of doing screenshots of things, of doing all sorts of stuff with people. So um, when there's tasks that you're doing that you have full intentions of outsourcing at some point in time, when you are physically doing them in real time, live, record yourself doing it. Mm. Maybe record yourself doing it a couple of times so that that person, when you do bring on a new hire, they can refer back to those videos and they can have those available if they need to use them. Um, and the second part of it is planning some co-working sessions with them. So oh. it doesn't necessarily have to be um, like a, a full eight hour day of sitting on Zoom and doing a training or sitting if they live locally, you know, having them come over and, and sitting in the same room. There can be a couple of maybe, in fact, what I had even done in, even in my own business is for the first two weeks of a new hire that I had, um, a new team member of mine is we set up every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from nine to 10, mm. we did co-working sessions. And I would have her, the first week truly mm. was set up as I'm going to train you 
this is what I would do, but I would have her physically walking through it. We had a screen share for an hour. I would have her physically walking through it and having mm -hmm. her doing the work, but I was talking it through for her the whole time. Yeah. And then in week number two, I would sit back, she would do the work and we, and then when she had questions, she would ask yeah. me, I was there, I was physically available for her to walk through it. Um, yeah. And if there was something one day where she got stuck, she knew it wasn't an urgent sort of thing. So she knew the next morning we would mm. be meeting and we could review it and go over it. Um, mm. And then, in fact, we even did a third week where I, it was truly co-working sessions where I was working on my own stuff, but we were on the call together so that she, if she had questions that came up, she was able to, to quickly get a response there um, and not have to, you know, follow up with me or we didn't have to check in at a later date when she was doing the work at that particular moment in time, she, she truly could ask me the question. Yeah, and I think that's been the beautiful key is, A, you're over-communicating, which is, you know, one of the keys to success anyway is, is you know, having those regular check-ins. But you've actually started with the, with the end in mind. You've started with a plan of, you know, regular catching up. You're actually still continuing to do your work, but you're actually just talking somebody else through it, which is mm -hmm. awesome. And then you've got the, she's got the ability to take over that work the next time and then check in from there. So even though that sounds like you're doing a lot, it's actually not disrupting uh, what you would normally be doing anyway. It's, it's you're actually, you're in what you're in the progress of how you would be working anyway, but now you're actually leveraging the time because you're now bringing in that other person. So it's not as scary as, as you said, you know, it's not an eight hour stint. It's almost little bite-sized chunks again of, you know, just checking in, but doing it more frequently and consistently so you can move, both move forward together. That's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. And one of the things that you talked about um, is uh, also the, you know, letting them set themselves up for success. So what sort of, in those situations, you talked about goals and that, you know, how can they help how can they find their own goals of achievement to working through? What are some of the examples that um, are, I suppose, KPIs that can be set for people when you're bringing on a new hire as it relates to the, the foundational elements? Well, a lot of that is going to be, you know, position specific with regard to what the goals are. Um, but if you were looking at at least one thing that I've seen with uh, maybe a, a general VA that might be coming in and helping with things um, is going to be, be one of the areas that I guess I can use an example of that I have outsourced things before is has to do with like that customer service support email um, and building out templates and having certain things set up um, with the first hire that I ever brought on my team. I actually didn't have a lot of the things set up. So yeah. one of her first goals was okay. As we in like that 30 day ex expectation was as we are working and doing some of these co-working sessions, I need you to then pull apart, you know, go through past emails, look at over the last 30 days, what some of the things were people were asking about, look mm. at um, the different responses, look at how I phrased things and, mm. and to basically create kind of like a frequently asked question sheet and create some templates that were put together so that she had them all set and didn't have to constantly come to me for yeah. those answers. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one thing where we were able to basically take it and say, okay, at 30 days, I need you to have this put together and then we can continue to build on it and add to it. But mm. I need you to have this all put together. So um, I guess that if there are people that, that don't have their first hire even in the door yet and they're still trying to figure out when am I ready to hire these people? I don't have these processes. I don't have these systems in place. 
you can build that into the expectation of what they are going to help you have mm. set up by bringing them on. So it doesn't mm. always have to necessarily be done ahead of time. You just need to communicate yeah. that with those new team members is like, this is what we are going to be working on together is building out these systems that I don't currently have, but we yeah. need to have. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Beautifully said. And that was going to be my next question. How, um, you know, how do you know when the right time is? Because we do get stuck in that chicken and the egg scenario. Um, like you, you know, people say, well, you don't, you don't hire someone until you know what you, they're going to do. And half the time we don't, you know, we've only got, We've got insight to what we need them to do, but we actually don't know what we do because we don't, if they're like me initially, um, going back five years, you sort of don't know what you do and then you don't know what the steps are. So you've actually got to map that out. And then for you to map that out, you've then got to find somebody and then by the way, it's just easy <laughs> myself. Um, so talk us through um, that because that's a, that's a common, uh, I'm going to call it a common myth because that was my reason for not systemizing my business for a very very long time and then i became the system you know I, I you know got i've discovered systems and then found out how fabulous they were that i you know <laughs> save timing all the rest of it and um, but i didn't do it before because i didn't know how how or where to start yeah um, and i think that's a common thing but especially when you're not systems orientated initially even trying to think sort of makes our brain sort of just go bzz, bzz, and we can't work with that so how do you um how do you know when is the best time to start um start outsourcing and what are the steps to start doing that in that in that scenario that can mitigate that i'm not ready and i need to build all the systems and all of those myths that go with i'm not ready yet I would say the big thing um, for when, how to know when to hire is, um, and everybody always hates this answer, but it truly isn't. It depends. Like it's very business specific on, on when it's the right time to hire. Unfortunately, there's not this like golden answer that I can give for that. Um, but I will say that some of it has to go with that, that sense of overwhelm and that sense of, mm -hmm. I just can't do any more myself. I'm out of time. And I still have a to-do list that's 500 pages long. How on earth am I going to get to all of this? Um, mm -hmm. Then that's usually a good time to really start to consider what can I outsource and how can I start to bring in some additional support? Um, so how to figure that part out, though, I can definitely say, uh, and this is something that a lot of times people in more of the marketing space and the creative side are not necessarily a fan of, but really need to do is is kind of a time study look at your day at least for three days if not if you if you get real gung-ho about it then five days is really the best with it but if you can at least track your time for three days it really helps you see what are you spending time on and how are you spending your days and then mm -hmm. from there you can look at those tasks or even potentially bring in an outside set of eyes to look at it and say okay does this really need to be me doing it as the business mm -hmm. owner or is this something that I could potentially put on a list to start delegating? It doesn't yeah. mean that everything that doesn't officially need to be you as the business owner is going to get delegated immediately. But mm. it starts to give you an idea of what are those things that I can start yeah. to put together on a job description, a list of things that I can start yeah. to make videos of myself doing so that it's ready for somebody else to come in and step in and help. Yeah, you've actually just nailed it. I'm sitting here laughing and, and having epiphanies at the same time because <laughs> I actually was the person that helped me scale the first time, actually did get me to do a time map. And, oh, my God, did I kick and 
carry on. I did do it for five days. It was so, it was so, it was laborious, but it was so (laughs) insightful. Um, And I still have a time tracker now when I'm trying to work out, you know, why, you know, when things aren't going, I've got a a time tracker that I use for myself because then I can work out if I'm having too many meetings or spending too much time on the road and those sorts of things. But going back, um, I did do this time tracker and I did work out that there was some repeating tasks that I was doing a lot of that were super easy for me to video and that that was in actual fact even the process we did I you know worked out what those repeating tasks were I videoed myself doing it and then I actually passed it on to somebody else and actually said there's here's the video I'm not quite sure what the steps are but this is me doing it two or three times could you actually map out what the steps were because I actually hired somebody that was much more methodical so I was able to not have to get bogged down in the you know what are the steps I just actually demonstrated what it was so that that's a that that was a huge uh, huge gold nugget there everybody from Anne so make sure you've written that one down (laughs) you had somebody that gave you some great advice when you were doing that (laughs) And kicking and screaming, just do it over a cup of tea and then just get on with it and actually then just do it um, because the incredible insight um, that comes out of that. So that's time tracking what you're doing in a week so you can determine what you can get off your desk to somebody else. Yeah, and if people are real um, gung-ho about it, they can even do it by the 15-minute increment, but most of the time it's usually I see a half hour or hour marks is kind of where people will will set up those time trackers. And um, nowadays I even see people set up reminders or little you know notifications that'll pop up on their computer to make sure that they track it during that window that they need to. Yeah, yeah, yes, um, yes. <laughs> I'm sort of going, oh, I remember that. I didn't like it at the time, but it was actually- trying to, to get rid of the, and erase that memory. It wasn't something yeah. you want to look at again. It, but in reality, if I look at that, you know, um, it was probably like say five years, it's probably eight years. And then it's been the last probably couple of years where I've actually gone back to a, a form of time yeah. tracking again because I knew that, that, you know, there was something that I, something, my time was being sucked somewhere and I couldn't work out where it was being sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did track um, for a month where, what I was doing and how I was going about doing it. And that was, okay, well, I, I need to change and shift things around because something's, it's where you get, where, where creep happens or things, uh, time creeps happen and or things to st- uh, t- start to blow out again when you're sort of going through those other growth phases. So I think that's such a, um, a valuable thing to be doing and there's some, there's some great, as you said, some great tools that enable that to happen. What are some of the other areas to help um, you know when the time is right and some of the other suggestions that you've got for people? One other area with regard to hiring uh, that I like to mention to people is um, looking really at delegation and the mindset and the um, idea of what their comfort level is with delegating and and potentially managing a team um, or even another person, not necessarily even a team. But um, there's a, a mindset side to just about everything in business. But even on that delegation side and the team management side, Uh, there's a mindset side of needing to be open to the idea of having somebody else take on a part of of what you have built and what you have created Um, and feeling like they care about it and that they can be successful and capable and competent in doing what you're asking them to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And 
if somebody is not open to delegating, then it makes it really hard to build a team. And it, they yeah. really have to get over that mindset side of it before looking at growing. Um, yeah. So, you know, people will say, oh, yeah, of course, like, I want to have some help. But then really, do you really like, are, are you really open to to letting somebody come in and start taking over tasks? And yeah. and sometimes the answer is no. And and it, with those people, then it's definitely not the right time to be looking yeah. at hiring. Um, there yeah. might be other ways to try to look at being more efficient in their processes, um, mm. but it's probably not the right time to hire if they truly are not really open to that idea of, yeah. of letting somebody else take control of something. Yeah. yeah. And that is such a big thing. Um, speaking as a control freak is actually handing over those, um, over those, uh, handing the reins over and being comfortable with that. But it was interesting as you started to talk about the mindset thing, um, totally agree where you where you've gone, but my head went somewhere else. In that, you know, that next phase of growth is when you actually are hiring somebody. Are they then ready to also then delegate and help bring the team on? So there's that second phase of uh, of delegation when you've hired somebody. Um, are they going to be, do they have the mindset enough to be able to delegate to be more of an operations manager? Are they willing to be able to step up um, and, you know, then become the boss of others and, and do those sorts of things as well? So that's another sort of a different, a different uh, growth element. Yeah. The and there's, there's definitely times when, um, when that goes back to making sure you have the right people on your team. <laughs> There's yeah. times when when people truly don't ever want to manage and don't ever want to be in charge of others. And they are completely fine coming in, even whether they're a contractor or not, um, or even an employee. But like they're completely fine coming in, doing their ta task list, checking off the boxes and and doing it well. But but that's all they want. They don't want any additional responsibility. And yeah. then there are others that will come in and they truly you know enjoy the idea of managing others and they enjoy the collaboration that comes with it. Mm. And they, they enjoy the, the team camaraderie and, and the culture that's built with, with teams. And, yeah. um, and those are the people that you want to have in more of those management roles. Um, sometimes you get lucky and you bring them on right at the beginning level and they grow with you. Um, yeah. Other times there's someone that you might be, be bringing in at a later time. That's going to just yeah. sit in more of that management level and oversee some of the other team members that you already have on your team. Yeah, beautiful. So, um, yeah, abs brilliant, absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And that's, um, yeah, there's, there, there's so much to consider when it relates to bringing staff members on and scaling your business. But what I've really, really heard today is that we, like everything, we overcomplicate it. It is <laughs> just a simple process of, you know, slowing down a little bit, having the right conversations, putting a plan in, uh, putting a plan in place, having the right conversations, and then just incrementally moving uh, moving forward. So, Anne, how are the, what's the best way uh, people can, A, get in contact with you, and also tell us a little bit about your downloadable uh, checklist that you've got for the audience today as well? Yeah, so my website is hilltopoperations.com. It is definitely the easiest way for somebody to get in touch with me. There is a spot on there where if you want to book a call and, and just even chat about any issues or, or struggles that you're having with growing your business, I'm more than happy to have a conversation. Um, yeah. So that's always you know a great spot to go and, and find that that place to um, link to to booking a call. And yeah. then um, the, the new team member checklist that I have um, that you have the link for, Basically, that just runs through some of those things to think about and things to, to make sure that you are paying attention to as you are bringing on new team members. 
again, whether they are employees or whether they're contractors, it talks about things like, um, like making sure, if, at least if you're in the U.S., having a W-9 if they're a contractor or potentially a W-2 if if they're not a contractor and they're an employee. But there's different you know forms that are going to be needed from those employees. There's going to be um, that 30, 60, 90 day checklist that's going to need to happen. There's going to be time that you need to build into your schedule like we were talking about a little bit. So mm-hmm. it walks through some of those just those items and making sure that when you're bringing on that next team member that you have a checklist already put together where you can just start to go down and check the boxes off versus having to to think about it and recreate it again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for those um, of you that are looking to scale or in your are in your next evolution of growth, uh, do jump on across and grab the uh, checklist from Anne to help walk you through a blueprint of keeping it simple and very, very strategic. Um, so thank you very, very much for sharing so much with us um, already today what we might do is just nip to a very very quick commercial break and then uh, just jump on back in and recap some of the lessons from today speak to you again soon are you a speaker coach or consultant wanting to increase your reach and impact need to save time and leverage your resources content repurposing is the fastest way to increase your visibility credibility and profitability online and reach your audience with ease You already sit on a mountain of gold that is highly valuable to your audience. It's in your books, training manuals, articles, and presentations. We regularly turn clients' books into 12 to 24 months worth of content. Let us turn your existing content into visually stunning bite-sized content tiles. Content repurposing is the easiest way to turn your past into profits. Turn your existing content into bite-sized glitter that you can sprinkle everywhere with ease to attract your ideal audience. Let us amplify your voice, your message, and your impact. Find out more at sallyacurtis.biz. Beautiful. Thank you once again. We've been talking with Anne from Hilltop Virtual Solutions, and we've been discussing how you can actually scale without the stress. Um, And some of the ideas and uh, elements that we've talked about is, is if you are an absolute ideas person and you've got lots of things that could be possible and that you'd like to implement into your business, but you don't know where to start and you don't know how to prioritize, then certainly have a chat to Anne to help you work through brain dumping all of that down and working out what your priority and your focus is. Um, and also to some of the tips that's um, really highly valuable when it relates to hiring, really understanding what you uh, stand for, is your, what your company stands for, uh, the vision that you have for what, where you're going and where you're growing to, and also you know, making sure that you're choosing the right people that are cultural fits as well. And I really love the idea of the co-working that you do with your uh, new support person. So is there any final words that you'd like to just share uh, with the audience? audience as we get ready to wind things up already can't believe how quick it went (laughs) (laughs) I think um I think that really the big thing is similar to what you were saying there we tend to overcomplicate things and we really just want to try to um help you not be so stressed about it and try to keep it as simple as possible um but still yet get and achieve the things that you're working towards so I think those are really the big things with it is just um keeping it simple and um, keeping keeping the, the vision in place to where you're trying to move to. Yeah, very much so. Thank you for that. And I think it's also very important for people to understand that you do um, 
have systems and can support them as it relates to sales, marketing and operations. So if it's not all of those or it's one of those at the, at the right now that you're needing to get sorted out, then uh, it certainly is an opportunity for people to reach out with you and get a lot of that stuff uh, sorted. So just as a reference, please uh, do visit uh, Anne's website, which is hilltopoperations.com. Um, and do check out also the uh, free checklist, uh, which is um, bit.ly, so B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash new team checklist. And you'll be able to uh, find for yourself the blueprint of how you can make it simple for you to hire your next person as well. So a very, very big uh, and very, very warm thank you for everything that you've actually shared for us today. I can see why you've been super successful in your practice and how you really do demonstrate that being there and done it experience. So uh, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us today. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Lovely. Thank you very much. Until next week, we will see you again very, very soon on another episode of Success Secrets Exposed. Till then, take care. Bye. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, and I trust that you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. You can find this episode along with many more on your favorite streaming platform such as iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and more. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time for more Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis.